Hey, this is Ox with the Unbiased Trailblazer podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Unbiased Blazers. There's a link in our bio for our Discord server where you can join in on the discussions, give us your takes, give us comments, or just join in on a podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Rip City, baby. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Lift off and the clock has started. What is up, Rip City? This is episode 22 of the Unbiased Trailblazer podcast. Me and Fawad are here, and in just a little bit, we're going to have a couple other people join in and t- join on the conversation. But for right now, it's just me and Fawad. Mike wasn't feeling good, so we're just we're running at it again. How you doing, Fawad? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. We uh, I just realized we're on a three-game win streak, and it's beautiful. Uh, this was a good week of basketball. And uh, I'm excited to talk some basketball with you. Yeah, a lot of off days this week, so more time to think about ball and talk about Blazers. Exactly. So with this podcast, it's going to be a little little different than normal. We're going to, me and Fawad are going to talk for a little bit. We're going to talk about the last three games we had and then um, talk about Larry Nance and there's a couple things we want to talk about. And then we're going to bring in a couple people to join in that missed out on the last listener podcast that still wanted to. So we'll have a... We'll have a couple of people come in and talk that wasn't on the last one. So just to get started, we're going to make it quick. Uh, we had three games since our last podcast. And actually, the last podcast, one of those games was going while we were recording. So that was the Toronto game. We ended up winning 118 to 113. Fawad, how did you feel that game was? I liked it. Um, Toronto's a decent team, even though I think they were missing OG that game. Oh no, he he did play. All right, yeah, but still, play. they yeah, um, they're still a good team. They're not like a contender or anything, but they're still in that um hunt for the playoff race. I see them getting like a maybe like a nine seed. Mm-hmm. So they're not a bad team. Um, and I was happy, and we were at home, so I, I expected us to win, but I was happy that we did, and it wasn't like, a, it was a free win or anything, we played well, and we earned it. It was also right, I'm, the I'm return of... Call. I'm, re- I'm really sorry. You're <laughs> good, you're good. I'll, I'll, I'll go. It was the return of Gary Trent. We, uh, we got to see Gary Trent for the first time in Portland, and it was a face-off between Pal and Gary Trent. Statistically, I would say Gary Trent did better. But if you look at the actual stats itself, Gary Trent shot 16 times and Powell only shot nine times. Gary Trent had 16 points and Powell had, or sorry, Gary Trent had 18 points and Powell had 12 points. So statistically, Gary Trent, and honestly, Gary Trent did play good. He didn't play terrible. Um, but I think, I think a lot of us can agree we got the better end of that trade with Gary Trent uh, going to Toronto and us getting Norman Powell. So. It was good to see him. He made some big plays. CJ made a couple plays in his face that, you know, to seal the game at the end and, you know, was having a good time with him. It was good to see. But that, that was a fun game to watch. Um, we're going to move on to Chicago. We won 112 to, a, to 107. This game was, this was exciting. This was, uh, we started off not good and it looked like it was going to be one of those blowout games where it just, what we weren't going to fight back. And 
we were all pleasantly surprised with the fight that we had. Uh, I mean, at one point, if I remember right, we were we were down 15, I think. And we kind of just, after halftime, just kind of stuck it to them and, and made our comeback. Our defense looked actually really good in that second half. And uh, Zach Levine was having a crazy shooting night until the end. And then he missed a couple key shots. But Lillard... Lillard had a good game. He had 10 assists. He had 22 points. The biggest thing for me was that game. It seemed like we put emphasis with Nurkic. We came out right off the bat going to Nurkic and letting him do the work on offense. And it, it seemed like it kept him engaged for most of the game. And uh, I think Nurkic had, that was probably his best game of the season. If I remember correctly, I think I would say that was probably his best game. He had 18 points, 12 rebounds. And, uh, and really, he he held the paint pretty good. He didn't he didn't let. Yeah, Tony Bradley had six points, and it was a lot of just Zach Levine making some crazy difficult shots. And in the first half, Demar Derozan was playing pretty good, but then in the second half, not so much. Um, this is also a return game for Derek Jones Jr. Um, I'm trying to think if he had any crazy highlights. I, I sounds like maybe you're here, Fawad. Yeah, I I don't think he had any huge highlights. Maybe like one putback layup, but. Oh, that's really right. Well, this season, I don't think he played as well against us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sad to see him on another team because we all did like him and the energy he brought. But uh, at least he's on a team that's getting some action. So, do you have anything you want to add on the Chicago game? Yeah, um, there was so many positives all over. Um, starting with, like you said, Nurk. He was eight for 13, 18 points, twelve rebounds. Good, great game. Um, the and most importantly, as a team, we had um, I think we were down, or how much were we down at one point? I want to say we were at least, yeah, I was gonna say at least 15, but I think it was like 20. It was at least 19 and might have hit, it was, yeah, I think it was, I don't know, I think it was 21 in the first half, and then we were 17 was our biggest in the second half in the third quarter. Um, yeah, so for us to be down that much is bad obviously but then for to come back and then win that game i think um it showed a lot of heart and a lot of effort and that's something that's been missing from especially our starting lineup this season i think our bench has had that mostly consistently but um our bench has been lacking effort i mean start her starters have been lacking effort a little bit but we saw nurk play with heart um dame started to hit a couple deep shots at the end as well i think he yep. hit, had one or two um and the other thing that I don't, I don't remember if I noticed specifically in this game, but I've been noticing like little things over the last several games. Robert Covington has been playing a lot better than the start of the season. Um, in this game, he shot four for seven from the field, two for five, but then he had three rebounds, three assists, three steals, two blocks. Just a good all-around game. And I feel like he's been a lot more engaged in, at the start of the season. There were maybe some rumors that um he wasn't fully bought in at the start but i feel like he might be now um and one other small thing that i noticed about him is that he's been driving in a little bit more and then he's kind of um creating either for the big man whether that's nurk zeller or nance whoever he's playing with or he's even like hit a couple like layups off the dribble and i don't think we saw that much or at all last year even but i was happy to see him kind of add that to his game um, and then again, the all-around game, he had three assists. Um, every, he was everywhere defensively. Um, and then another positive, Larry Nance was amazing. 16 points, 
six for nine, um, three assists as well, or sorry, yeah, three assists and three steals. So yes, he, I, I don't even know how. Um, I don't have the words to describe how happy I am with his play lately. Uh, he's been everything we could possibly ask for when we did the trade, and I feel like a lot of what we talked about in that podcast, what we wanted to see from him, and what we expected to see from him, is finally happening now. So. I've been thrilled with him, and he, um, Chauncey said, I don't know if it was after this game or the one after, that he finally sees Nance as a small ball five that can also play the four, and I totally agree that that is how he's maximized, and um, what that means for Zeller or Nurk, I'm a little bit concerned about, but we'll get into that a little bit later, I guess. Yeah, we're, we'll talk about Nance in just a little bit, um, and and Zeller and Nurk. Um, one one trend we've seen these last three games is towards the end of the game, it's been that small ball five for Nance instead mm-hmm. of Nurkic being in there. And that's something we're going to talk about in a little bit. But these last three games, to close out the games, Nance has been in instead of Nurkic at the end of the games. I believe the Philadelphia game, it was the same way. Um, actually, I know it was because there was an yeah. issue, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but no, Nance. Nance has been playing great. Um, the the crowd is loving him. Chan, Channing Larry, you know, when he's out there, it's he's. We were so excited when we got him, and this is the exact reason why. And it's it's amazing to watch. Um, so let's move to the last game. It was against Philadelphia. It was a revenge game for us. Uh, it was 118 to 111. We won that game, and kind of almost like the last, the first time we met, played them. I guess Tobias Harris was in this game, but he wasn't last, the first game, and so was Embiid was also out. So it was one of those games where I felt like this is going to be a game where Nurk's going to kind of dominate because there's not... Well, I guess Drummond was there. Let me take that back. Forget what I said. Scratch that. Drummond took him to school the first game. So Lillard, I would say, by far was his best game. Uh, not only did he... He shot pretty well from three. He was five of 13. I think this is the game where he got 12 free throws, I believe. And 14. that's 14. Okay. And and made all 14 of them and he scored 39 points, so he almost had 40 piece. Um honestly, there was pretty good defense even going on that whole game. Uh one thing I want to say is Larry Nance played great like normal, uh but Little was bringing the energy so much that like, you just can't help but be excited anytime he comes in because you know he's giving you 110%. Sometimes he makes some plays where you're like, uh, trying a little too hard. But I would take those every once in a while for the effort that he puts in out there any day of the week. So Little little had a pretty, pretty fun game to watch. Um, I'm still just thinking about his dunk on Houston. It's still, that was a crazy dunk. Um, but Philadelphia, that was a, that was a fun game to watch. It was a good game. It was pretty close for most of the game. Um, some questionable calls in our favor. Um, I can admit it. I'm sure a lot of people can, but I don't think that had an outcome on the game er, early in the first half. It, it, you know, it was an issue, but you can't blame a call back in the first or second quarter for losing at the end. So how did you feel the Philadelphia game was? A couple questionable calls, especially in that first half, but the commentators for Philly, I don't know if you were listening to their end, but I was, and they were so salty, and they were just like, 
crying the entire night, especially at the end of the game. I was getting mad listening to it. I know on Reddit, I saw a couple other Blazers fans <clears throat> felt the same way. Um, yeah, the game overall, I, th- I think I liked what I saw. Like you said, Nasir Little was great. Um, he brings so much energy, and even when he, what you said, like sometimes he does try to do a little bit too much, but it's not like bad at all. Um, like he, he's just excited. He's doing. He's helping where he can. He might take a sh- couple like a shot that he probably shouldn't be taking, but honestly, hit he hit one or two of those. So um, for now, I'm okay with him keeping keep to, for him to keep shooting that. Um, like you said, Dame, he played well. He, I don't think he had a 30-point game yet this season, and then he jumped to almost 40 uh, right off the bat with this game. Yeah, right. Um, but my one thing with this game, like you said, Embiid wasn't playing. Um, and our defense was, I did like what I saw, but I always have issues. I don't want to sound too pessimistic, but I have issues taking like concrete things away from games where we're playing um your teams are like really bad teams so even though we did play well i'm not too much weight into it um until i see it a little bit more consistently and we still let maxi i guess maxi has been playing well against every team but uh we did let him have a good night 28 and 9 um uh, so i liked what i saw but i i don't put too much weight into it we did what we were supposed to do not too much more than that. Yeah, I mean, someone's going to have to make up for Embiid's, Embiid not being there, the scoring. So I'm glad that Nurkic kind of held Drummond in check. He didn't really uh, do much in the first game. Drummond did a lot. So that was that was nice to see that. Um, we're going to talk about Larry Nance just a little bit before we get everybody in here. But one of the issues we saw was Nurkic at the end of this game had two fouls. I think they were pretty much back to back, if I remember right. And Billups I think within a minute or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was quick. Billups pulled him and and brought in Nance. And I don't know if it was Nurkic being frustrated with himself or if it's him being frustrated that he's getting pulled. But his emotions were showing, and he threw his mouthpiece. And in a pretty close game, that's a risky, risky thing. Thankfully, the refs didn't see any any of that. And um. I mean, we've seen Curry throw his mouthpiece before and get technical. So um, Lillard kind of came over and talked to him. Uh, Fawad, how did, what did you take from that little scenario there? I actually had to step away from the game like right when that happened. So when I came back and I saw people talking about like what just happened, I was um, I wasn't happy because I I was just, I was concerned is what it was. Um, Nurk is an emotional player, and if, if he like you said, we don't know if he was mad at himself or mad at Chauncey for taking him out. But if it was at Chauncey for taking him out, that really concerns me because um, he has he needs to be encouraged and he, he has a little bit of an ego. So if he feels like he's not being respected by the coaching staff, I think that could negative ne- negatively affect his play moving forward. And it did. Uh, Nance has been finishing the game for like one or two or one or two games before that, and Nurk had kept playing well but i was happy with that but i feel like if we keep closing with nance even if that might be a better lineup um i don't know how nurk will feel about that i know dame did talk to him after which is good um and he said after the game that when he talked 
like in the, his uh, post game interview that when he was talking to him, it was more like telling him um, to basically just to trust the system and trust that the help defender will be there and he yep. doesn't need to do too much. And if he if he didn't, he would have stayed in. So I think things like that is encouraging and it's just showing how how good of a leader Dame is. So right now I'm not like um, I'm not in panic mode or anything like that. But it's just something I'm keeping my eye on, and then we'll see how it goes um, for the next few games. Yeah, it's it's definitely something we're gonna want to keep our eye on, especially if he's having a good game and Billups still decides to pull him and put in Nance, which I honestly I don't see happening. I think Billups is you know smart enough to know that if if Nurk is playing good and you know helping us to keep him in, but I would be afraid that if that did happen, that could Nurk could lose his mind, and you know we we've we've seen him be upset before, so we don't want that. Um, do you have anything before we we pause to get everybody in here? Um, not really. I just wanted to continue on this topic for a second. Uh, we know Chauncey's a good communicator. He's talked about like how he's been in every role he's been the star he's been the role player he's been at the end of the bench so i i have faith that he'll be able to communicate with nurk and nurk already said that um during the off season that he's been like upfront with him and he there there's like an open communication between what chauncey expects and what um nurk wants so i'm putting my faith in him like with that for now um so i think that like it, it should blow over and it should end up being um, super positive that we have two elite big men that we can close with depending exactly. on the matchup. Um, so I'm not like, I don't think it should be too big of an issue, but I just, I just hope it's not it's on my mind. One, one, <laughs> one thing I know Lillard is very good about is pulling everybody together. I mean, it's, it's sure. been what this team has been about for the last, you know, nine, 10 years since he's been here. Um, so if there's any team that I think can convince a player to truly, truly put the team first, it's this team with Lillard. And and time will tell if that does happen, but I I, I trust Lillard and I trust, I trust the team. I think that they can make it work. As long as we keep winning, I don't see how it could be an issue. Um. With that, we're going to pause here real quick. We're going to get a couple people in here, and then we're going to pick back up. So we will be back in just a second. Rip City, we are back. This is part two of episode 22. Uh, we got Jared and we got Rocky in here. They're gonna, they wanted to join the last listener podcast, and unfortunately I was stupid enough to schedule it on a game night. So they couldn't make it, but they are here now, and we're excited to have them here. Jared, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Excited to be here. We're 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 happy you're here. What about you, Rocky? How you feeling? I'm good, good. Glad to glad to uh, join in with you guys and uh, get some different uh, experiences and other others' perspectives. I do a lot of the spaces. Yeah, and and what Rocky's talking about. If you guys are listening and haven't taken part in it on Twitter after the uh, games are over, uh, there's a there's a spot where you can join spaces, and it's a pretty much just basketball talk with Blazer fans. And I think pretty much anybody can join it. Um, but they just always talk about the game and, you know, things that are going on. And it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of lot of cool people in there and sharing their experiences. And it always makes me jealous because everybody's talking about how they are just leaving the game and making me wish I was there. So, but it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely got it. Times. 
uh, the trail trail casters guys have joined a couple times is, is really fun. I'm glad I know about this now. Yeah, it's I'm definitely it's a, join. It's a it's a lot of fun, and it's it's. I think it, what they do is I think it's like 15 minutes after game time or something like that, or after the game ends is when they usually open it up. It's a it's a lot of fun, and you you can hear some cool stories and views from people. So yeah, we, do, we do the pregames as well sometimes, at least once a week. And we will start those about about an hour, usually about if it's a seven o'clock game, we usually start them about six, and then um, the post games are always uh, fifteen minutes after the game. Yeah, and there's a, there's a good amount of people in there, so it's it's really easy to join. It's really easy to talk in there and listen, and it's pretty much like a live podcast, essentially, is what it is. Um, it's a good time. So if you guys if you guys want want to join, it's on Twitter. Go for it. Um, Fly. We will. Uh, I think I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure how it works, but if we can share it when it's happening, we'll share it so it'll be on our Twitter so you guys can join it. Um, yeah, if you follow us, with, it'll it'll show up on your timeline that like we're in it. Um, but I can there you go. The person starts it. Just give me a second, continue, and then I'll find it. And sure. So, with all this being said, we're going to hop into the podcast while Fo- while Foad looks it up. Um, it's Sheriff of PDX, at Sheriff of PDX, so shout out to him. Right on. Yeah, so follow him. Anytime they start those, uh, those spaces, it, it'll pop up for you, and it's super easy to join in, and, and it's a good time. Um, but with that being said, we're going to hop in. We're going to jump right into what me and Fawad were last talking about before we paused to get you guys in here. And that was Larry Nance, how how great he has been, these, especially these last couple games. Um, oh, buddy. And, yeah, yes. And the effect that it's going to have on Nurkic and Cody Zeller's minutes. So let's mm. start off with you, Jared. How do you feel just in general Larry Nance has been overall and especially these last three games? Well, I thought that trade, just like everyone said, you know, that was probably the greatest and most silent pickup, you know, during the offseason. And I thought, you know, when you saw him in the first couple of games, it was like, OK, he's just adjusting just like any new player would. But when you saw him spark up the last, what, four games? I mean, his energy is out there. He's feeling it. The crowd's chanting his name. He's collecting rebounds. He's trying to get deflections, steals. Uh, assists when it's possible. And so I think, you know, seeing Billups, he made that comment from last game saying, hey, you know, if we have to take Nurk out just to get Nance in to finish the game and close the game, then we will. And I, th- I think seeing that, you know, will change the rotation um, a little bit with minutes. I think we obviously see, saw K- Cody did not play that much last yeah. game. And um, Nurk, you know, of course – Old big Nurk, he's just he gets a little emotional at times, so he got frustrated being pulled out of there on that fourth quarter. And uh, I think we're gonna see a little bit about that. And I'm I'm kind of worried if Nurk's gonna adjust to that. I hope he does. Yeah, that's that last game especially. We saw a little bit of emotion from him when he got mm-hmm. pulled. Um, so that's gonna be something we and me and Fawad talked about that just a little bit ago. That's gonna be something we're gonna want to keep our eyes on. I I think with Lillard and how this team has been for the last nine years, this is one team that we can, I can trust Lillard to rein Nurk in and be like, look, it's team first. It's not, right. it's not Nurk first. And you know, we want to win. And if that's, if the, unfortunately that's you sitting on the bench and Nance is out there, that's what's best for the team. So 
Right. And you saw him go up to uh, Nurk when yep. that happened to talk and chat with him about it. And I, yeah, I just, I really hope because I love Nurk. I've always been on the Nurk train, got the Nurk fever still. So I'm really hoping um, he'll adjust and he'll still have a breakout season. So do you think, before we move to Rocky, do you think this is going to make Zeller pretty much not playable anymore and it's going to be more minutes for Nance that way? Or how, how do you think that works out? Yeah, I see. I see Cody maybe getting 12 minutes a night. Maybe, maybe even probably less, honestly. But yeah, it's definitely going to affect his minutes. Okay. Now, Rocky, how do you feel about how Larry Nance has been over the season and these last couple games? Well, again, I was, I was uh, also one of those that, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was like, this was a solid pickup. I was super excited when they got him. Uh, I, I felt like it was one of the better um, low-end budget moves that we've made in a while, in a couple of years. Um, For sure. That's going to super uh, push the needle, you know, uh, times a thousand, but it definitely uh, gives a different adjustment to our defense. He's a guy, as everybody's seen, that is not afraid to call the veterans out. He's not afraid to get in CJ's face and tell him, you're playing some shitty defense right now. You need to figure it out. Exactly. Um, we've seen him on more than one occasion get in guys' faces and tell them, look, you're, not, you're, you're jumping too fast or you're, not, or you're not adjusting to the screen or the switch. And, and he just talks to them and he makes sense. <clears throat> and and offensively, he's starting to get more involved, especially when a lot of the second-unit guys are in there. Um, that dunk he had the other night at the end of the first quarter yep. on that Amazing. long season was just nuts. Do I you mean, guys think that was that. a lob? Do you think it was meant to be a lob? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It was straight out of the think it was I don't yeah, know if I've ever seen CJ do out. that. I don't think I've ever seen CJ do that either, but <laughs> it was right for him. It was dead eye, dead eye. Yeah, that was amazing. Let me ask a and, and I just think his defense, his defensive approach, and the way the energy that he brings to that second unit is something we haven't had in a while. No. We haven't had a good defender that can come in and push that second unit and, and and he likes to move up and down the court as well. He kind of gets that second unit moving a little faster than the normal ISO uh, front unit. Yep. Let me ask a quick follow-up to that then. So if, um, if we keep, uh, uh, sorry, if we keep learning that's at the five more and then obviously Zeller wouldn't play as much, do you guys think that does to the backup um, four minutes? Is it still just going to be Larry Nance playing that as well and bumping his minutes up to like 30, 32 a game? Or is Norm, I mean, is Nas going to slide up and we're going to go like extra small ball or is Snell going to start playing more? What do you guys think should happen? That's a good and question. Is it bad if we have um, like too small? I, I Rocky, think you want to answer way, this? Yeah, I think in some instances what we should do is, is um, you know, again, a lot of people don't realize that some games, some 
stuff is is based on it's based on the teams you're playing and their personnel that are out yep. on the floor. Yep. If you've got a team that's For got sure. two seven footers on the front line, you obviously got to have some kind of size. So you could put Larry at the four and maybe Nurk at the five with Dame and CJ and Norm or Dame, CJ and Little, you know, at the end of the game. So you had more more length, but you also have that size to combat, you know, a Drummond or an Embiid, uh, any of the, you know, seven-foot type guys, uh, Gobert, you know, guys like that, you're going to have to have some size. So you can't necessarily go small ball 100%. Right, right. That makes sense. I mean, it just depends on the uh, the other team's lineup. You know, if they're going small ball, we'll probably go small ball. And just like Rocky said, if they're, you know, they got a seven-footer out there, we're going to probably put Nurk out there and probably see Nance's minutes increase. Definitely 25 to 30, uh, especially how we've been winning at home. So that's what I think. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see because at this point, we have to get Nance in more. We have to get him more minutes because he's he's a, a major asset to our team. And if that means less minutes for, you know, Rocco or less minutes for Nurk a little bit and maybe even not seeing Zeller as much, the way he's playing right now and the energy and, and like you said, the defense that he brings, it's it's needed and it's 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 what we need. So I think... We're gonna see a shakeup here pretty soon because we're we're winning right now and we want to keep winning and you you roll with the guys that are are performing good for you, right? And you got guys on expiring contracts that you're gonna have to try to get something out of yep. before the trade deadline. Yep. Right. That's the big question: Are they gonna keep Roko or are they gonna keep Nurk? Are they gonna try to keep both? I think. But then you have Ant. I think there's no way that um, no way that Roko stays. I think Nurk stays, but I could see either thing happening. With Nurkic, I th- I think it really depends on how yeah, the Alex season Cook. goes. <laughs> if if we're yeah, it winning, depends on if Miles Turner becomes available. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, if Miles Turner wants to come, let's. I'll I'll take Miles Turner. I'd rather take Sabonis. Absolutely. Yeah, Sabonis would be. Maybe amazing. we can get both. But does Indiana want Eric in return? If they're That's trying the to, that's the problem. Because they'd probably be trying to put Sabonis at the center. So. Yeah, right. that would be the problem. Uh, Fawad, I know. Kevin Richard deal with us. I think that's the problem with most things. <laughs> Uh, Fawad, I know you wanted to talk about Neil O'Shea and kind of the update that we've had, so why don't I'll let you go ahead and take uh, the O'Shea situation. Sure. So I'm not sure if you guys have heard, but um, Easton Quick was on like a radio show or something, and he said, uh, uh, first he said like last week that he thinks um, O'Shea is almost definitely going to be fired after this or let go or something. But then um, I think that's going to happen anymore. And he thinks that more than likely.
Well, she's going to be staying. Uh, yeah. Yeah, after what Jason said at the end of last week, uh, to do it. Um, and I think what the NBA. Did with the sudden that came out after Neil was under. I think that kind of helped solidify him keeping his job, uh, at least for the time being. Uh, it made it harder for Drew. I think Jody wants to get rid of him. The problem is, is if she doesn't have a quote unquote legitimate reason to get rid of him. Nasty's still got a pain because he's under contract for, I think, another year, maybe two years. And I know we just gave him another extension, like, last year, I think. And I don't remember if that was through this season or through next season. I think it's until 2024, uh, so two seasons after this. Correct. Yeah, which is even worse. So you, it's kind of hard to pay to pay a, a, a GM that's not even with you anymore and then have to pay another one. Now you're essentially paying two guys for one job. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, not a good situation, and it's not something that we've had to deal with in a while. So it's kind of a, it's a weird area that we've, we've been in. How do you feel about it, Jared? You know, I was I was digging on some of the history just with GMs, you know, for the Blazers organization, and I was kind of expecting Neil would be gone um, before, you know, the NBA draft. Honestly, just right after they got rid of Stotts, I thought Neil was next. I've met Neil once, and he just has that type of personalities where, you know, when all these reports started coming out, I was like, yeah, I could see that. I can definitely see that in his personality that he probably rubbed some people the wrong way. Or you know, sure. said, yeah, said I don't some think things. anyone yeah. was surprised. Yeah, I don't think anyone was surprised. And, um, you know, when uh, just like Rocky said, I think last week when they announced this, like, protection for executives and GMs, and they were like, oh, I think, uh, you know, Neil's being set up. I saw a couple stories like that, and I'm you know, they probably don't, they, Jody doesn't want the trailblazers to look bad. If they have no. good evidence and they have something to prove and it, they think it's just going to be positive, no matter financially, cause she can afford it. But I think they would make the choice, but I think because of what happened last week and the pressure and the focus on Neil, they've kind of, maybe they're like they said, taking their time. Cause we were supposed to hear news. What last week about it. So, yep. Yeah. Me actually just um I'm going off the top of my head, but just going off what I remember quick saying like in a little bit more detail, he actually said he doesn't think Jody wants him fired and it's not like her trying to just find a way around paying him, which is what a lot of people, including me, thought. He said um he thinks it's probably someone else who try who's trying to get Neil canned and uh, Jody's more just doing her due diligence than actually like targeting um like targeting him um and then also i believe he said that um sorry i lost my train of thought 
Um, yeah, sorry. I, I think he said that it's not um, like they haven't found too much on him because, like you said, it was supposed to be a short investigation, but then they kept expanding it because there wasn't enough um, like evidence or like quotes for people to fire him. He says something right. like no one in his entire tenure that like has worked under him has quit because of that, and there hasn't been any like HR complaints until now. So he thinks that he couldn't find anything, and then um, that's also what partly led to the like the other GMs getting together to make sure that no other owner gets like a bright idea to just try to do a similar attack. If if that's what was happening with us. Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, we're never probably going to know for for certain what's going on. Um, we right. just have to hope that what they decide is what's best for the Blazers. And um, whether or not we like Olshay or not, they're not. These rumors that we hear aren't true until until it's proven that they're true. So. It could just be someone angry. It could be someone trying to start something. I mean, it could be thousands of things. Um, but it's it's a weird I'm situation. Sorry, I'm sorry, but uh, Dan Dickow. Oh, he let a, a bunch of F-bombs stop crying. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's definitely some sensitive people. And <laughs> I mean, not much you can do about that. Right. So that's the only evidence you got is like uh, you might as well skip. Yeah, I mean, this is we're talking professional sports here. We're all grown adults, and I mean, yeah, that's an, that's to be expected. Too. Yes, exactly. A lot of stress, a lot of pressure. So, um, something I wanted, we all wanted to talk about. A crazy event that happened last night was the Detroit Pistons and Lakers game. We had LeBron James throw a. Uh, Wow. the people's elbow right into Isaiah Stewart's temple um, and a, a fight broke out and Isaiah Stewart went crazy and pretended like he was cooled off and was walking to the locker room and then took off back at LeBron. Um, to me, it was hilarious seeing LeBron hide behind the refs. Like when he right. ran at him a second time, you could see him like push the refs kind of in front of him. Like it was like, dude, you, you're supposed to be this, you know, you're supposed to be LeBron, this big guy, and you got this guy running at you, and you're hiding behind the refs. Uh, what was your guys' take on it, Rocky? Let's start with you. What did you what when you saw it? What what were you thinking? Well, the first thing I saw was when <clears throat> when he uh, when, when he took back off at him. First thing I saw was Russell Westbrook jump out there and get like Karate Kid. Hey. Really, you're gonna get squished, Russ. I I thought that was the funniest thing. Russell Westbrook (laughs) trying to take on this big monster. Square it up. Oh, thank you. The fight in Irishman. Yeah, I saw that. That was brutal. And and one game, if I saw something earlier today on Twitter, was that. If that role was reversed and that was LeBron James's eye busted open like that, that guy would have got multiple games. He probably would have got a half a dozen game suspension. 
Yeah, and Rocky's talking about Le- the NBA announced today that LeBron is suspended one game for the elbow and Isaiah Stewart suspended two. I do think I do think they both should have been suspended. I do think um Stewart probably should have had at least one more game than LeBron just because of the escalation of him Agreed. drawing it out and making it even worse than it was, you know. I mean, I don't have an issue with him them going at it right at the beginning. But when you're trying to walk away and pretending like you're cooling off and then running back at him, that's where you're kind of you're making it a little bit worse. So I at least think he they got it right as far as him having more than LeBron. But like you said, Rocky, if it was the other way around, that dude might not even be in the NBA anymore. Yeah, exactly. Jared, how did you feel about that fight? I mean, I, I didn't watch the game live, unfortunately. I wanted to watch that and um I saw, you know, all the clips afterwards, and I agree. I mean, I think LeBron should have got two suspensions, and I think what they they've been calling him Beef Stew. That's his nickname now. <laughs> I didn't uh, even know that. <laughs> yeah, I saw something on Twitter about it: Beef Stew against the King or something like that. Um, <laughs> you know, he should have gotten three. Just how you know, and I know he's a young player. We see that with a lot of young players. That energy, I mean, that that hit, like what Rocky said, that was a karate chip. Yeah. I mean, a karate chop. And, like, across the face. I mean, he started bleeding. It's. I mean, I would be pretty pissed off, too. Yeah, it was a, it was a hard elbow, that's for sure. And it definitely wasn't an accident. He, You could see that he looked back kind of to locate him, and he, he swung that elbow. Yeah, yeah, he, he was did. was aiming for the chest, though. And I think, like... Um... Like, it was definitely intentional, but I think, uh, what's his name? Isaiah Stewart's head was a little bit lower than he anticipated. They were kind of locked up in arms, too. So I think he was trying to shove him, and then he hit his face. Yeah, like, if someone hits your face like oh, that, I just you're going to get just now saw another replay of it, and it looked a little, they had it slowed down on NBA TV, and it, it looked like LeBron legitimately went right at his He looks face. frustrated. Yeah, he looks like he just kind of got frustrated that he was getting blocked up there, trying to get yeah, into the lane, and yeah, and he just swiped at him a little harder than usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it was definitely there was a lot of there was a good amount of blood. There was uh, a lot of blood there. There, it was definitely interesting, and that just this just brought up another thing I wanted to just quickly talk about. Did anybody see the Sacramento Kings fan blowing chunks all over the court? <laughs> I did. No, I did not I see it happen, but I definitely heard about it. <laughs> I I saw the video yeah, and he emptied his stomach. Yes, he did. Oh, wow. I I, and I felt so bad for the people sitting next to him. The moment he threw up, those oh, two people God. sitting next to him were just out. They were like, "Nope, no, thank you." I would be too with that smell. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It was there was so much. Uh, and they were like all like inspired the, fire the night, the day after yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, Fawad, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um. Yeah, sure. One, I know we're just talking about like around the league now, but going back to the Lasers just a little bit. How do you guys feel about Simon's these last five, six games? He's kind of cooled off from the hot start. So, do you think? Are you guys like concerned about him? Is it just a cold stretch, or is this him going back to normal? And the start was just. Better than he actually. I've is. noticed that too. I've yeah, noticed that. Throw Jared. Um, 
Uh, yeah, and I think it, I think we have to admit that Little has been catching fire, and uh, he's been playing really well. He's he's got that same energy, almost like more explosive than Nance, and like you see it, like every time, even for myself who who does the uh, NBA Top Shot selections, you know, when we it's just me and this other guy who select these moments for the official, you know, people that work there to choose these moments. And we have little dunks like every game. I mean, it's just so amazing to see him just, you know, going out there and throwing that energy. Just it's 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 really addictive to see. And so I think a little bit has brought in Simons' minutes down um, because of that. And I think also seeing Nance step up too. So I mean, we're running DJ and Dame most of the time, and we're trying to get Norm minutes. So. It's yeah, I, I definitely see it reducing a little bit, but hopefully he catches back in groove. Okay, how about you? Yeah, I just uh, I never really, I just never really been on the Simmons bandwagon. Um, uh, Danny Morang is like all over that guy, like like snake on glue or whatever. I don't know what we want to call it. But Danny Morang is infatuated with Anthony Simons. And I I think the kid's okay. I just I don't see I don't see the Damian Lillard effect in him like I see the what's been talked about lately, the Jerome Kersey effect in Monsieur Little. That I see way more than I do Damian Lillard in Anthony Simons. I just never saw it. So the one thing I can say about Simons is he's still extremely young. So if anybody in the league right now with that amount of experience and his age, there's still room for him to improve even more. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we saw that his first rookie season, that game against Sacramento last exactly. of the season, and that game was just, you could tell. I mean, he hadn't had a game. There wasn't a player until him before that. That was Dame who scored that many points, you know, on a game like that and, you know, all the crazy stats that came with that. Um, and then, you know, the, the last couple seasons has been off and on. But I think this season, like, we, he, we've seen uh, the first, you know, five or six games. He was hot. Shooting it from three, um, you know, he was actually running point because we. I feel like I've seen him just run shooting guard uh, the last couple of seasons under Stotts, and he's kind of switched from point guard. But it seems like he's always going to shooting guard because they're always setting him up for the three. Yeah, he's definitely played point way more than we were ever used to seeing. That's that's for sure. Which is uh, primarily what they got him for initially was. To be the backup point for Dane, right? I, I, I think he has gone more into a shooting guard role the last couple of years, and now this year he's having to change it up again because Chauncey wants to see that point production in him because that's what he's supposed to be is a point guard. And I think having somebody like Chauncey Phillips teaching him now. I think could open that door for him to become more explosive. We all know how explosive he is at the rim, and mm-hmm. and he's got super hops. 
Uh, His ball handling at times can be a little less to be desired. Uh, But again, I think with someone like Chauncey, it it could improve. It also could improve him for a big, you you know, he could be a big trade piece down the line. Um, Not saying it's going to happen, but if you have the opportunity to pull the trigger on something big, and one of their points is is they want somebody like Anthony Simons, you might have to look at it. I I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, I think a lot of Blazer fans have thought about that. I mean, yeah, I was so glad they brought Dennis Smith Jr. I was really hoping for him to win that spot, you know, on the roster, and it did. And I was just so glad because he's talented point guard and the minutes that we've seen him use. And so I'm like, why not combine them both, you know, have them switch point guards, you know, have those two run uh, on the bench. I don't know. Well, and, and the biggest thing is we're in win now mode now. So keeping Simons for three, four or five years from now isn't what we need. So if there's some kind of trade that gives us an even better opportunity to win now, right. that's what, what, what we need. So Right. Yeah, because you could plug Dennis Smith Jr. into his minutes very easily. Yeah. Very easily. Um, we're gonna wrap this up. We're kind of we're getting close to the time limit here. So I just want to give a shout out to Jared and Rocky. I appreciate both of you guys for uh, saving some time to come and join and do this podcast with us. And when uh, we have the next listener podcast, I hope you guys both join again and we can have you know everybody in there at once and have a good time. But I appreciate both of you guys showing up. Definitely, yeah, no problem. Thanks for Go Blazers. Us. Go Blazers. So uh, that's right. Uh, we got a game tomorrow night. I believe it's against Denver, right? Yeah, I'll be at it. Yeah. Yeah. See, look, here we go. Jared making me jealous <laughs> again. <laughs> Jokic might not play this. Well, me and Jared probably already. both have season tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Making me jealous every time. <laughs> yeah. Poad mentioned Jokic might not be playing. That's a good point. So it's going to yes. be an interesting game. They're down a lot of people right now. Let's keep that win streak going. Four in a row. All right. I appreciate you guys joining. Fouad, thanks for joining tonight. Uh, As always, Rip City, baby.